0: Hello, and welcome to the 14th installment of my podcast, Walking the Path with Rita Melios, Spiritual Sherpa and Holistic Wellness Coach. Today for podcast number 14, titled ETs and Angels, Who Were You Before You Were You? I'm going to share with you an excerpt from my book, Planetary Initiation, which discusses what I call soul reconciliation and integrating with soul parts that you may have that you may have that came from different backgrounds, specifically the angel or the ET realm. In both my own experience and in my experience as a psychotherapist, I have come across people who I have recognized as having different heritages or soul backgrounds. I know that there may be many more options, but in my experiences, I've been especially able to differentiate between those who have what I call ET qualities and the ET look, and those who have more angelic qualities and more of an angelic look. I'll describe those differences in a moment, but for now, let's look at why it may be important to know from which background you may have come. Everyone who makes the transformation to a higher spiritual level and who receives an initiation or a step upward in their spiritual growth will be tested. Personality tests are inevitable and unavoidable. We must get ourselves together, release our emotional garbage, and let go of past hurts and traumas that keep us focused at the emotional level. We must then move to our mental focus and have polarization in the higher chakras living our lives from our hearts and souls, instead of from our emotions. But there is also another kind of reconciliation that must come before we can fully transform. This is the reconciliation with our soul's past, the reconciliation of who we were and what we were throughout our many lifetimes that brought us to where we are today. Many people today do believe in past lives and numbers of them are re-experiencing their past lives, whether it be spontaneously in a dream or a psychic flash or purposefully in a hypnotic regression and sometimes not so purposefully in pop-out regressions during hypnotic sessions that are taking place for other reasons. I think the current surge in popularity surrounding past lives is more than just curiosity. It is a result of a need to find out who and what we were in order to integrate this knowledge at a conscious level, our souls have always known who we were. From lifetime to lifetime, your soul carries your personality thread, bringing with it learning from a previous lifetime or existence. But this has always been happening below the surface of waking consciousness at the very soul level itself. Now, for the first time, we are being challenged to gain full conscious awareness of our soul's legacy. We are being guided to realize our pasts and to accept them, and to integrate our past selves into our current selves at a conscious level. Why is it so important to consciously recognize our souls' heritage? Because unless we accept ourselves and our souls completely, we cannot transform fully. Just as we must cleanse our personality selves of old emotional garbage, so must we cleanse our souls, accepting and loving all that we were on our long journey here. It may be difficult to accept some parts of who we were, but we have all been or will be everything that there is to be. We will all experience the full range of human experience. This means that we will all have some tragic lives and some happy lives, some lives where we are kind and good people, some lives when we are not so good. Whether thief, liar, king or peasant, peasant, all these experiences lead us to know life better and therefore help our souls to grow. Some of us may even experience other kinds of existences not on the earth plane. These experiences too are part of our soul's legacy and must be accepted as a part of who we are. Past life remembrances can help us to integrate these past soul parts with the whole. Just as some of us have more emotional healing to do, some of us too have more soul healing to do. Some life remembrances come to help us heal old emotional ruins from previous lives that kept us from fully learning the lessons of that lifetime. Other times, as in my own case, they come to reconcile a past that has been kept in the closet for eons of time, unrecognized and therefore unavailable as a resource to my consciously emerging soul. Without the barriers between the personality and the soul at the third initiation, and if you need a refresher on the meaning and implications of the third initiation, you can find that in podcast number three. Without these barriers, it becomes necessary for the individual to make peace with his or her soul's past to recognize and integrate all the soul fragments that remain outside of the whole. Most of these fragments are integrated naturally within the soul's evolution. If the soul faces no conflict as the personality awareness grows, the soul fragments can simply integrate the learning from each lifetime into the new personality. personality traits or innate talents or tendencies. When, however, there is a conflict or a trauma that is too severe to integrate, or when the soul itself decides that certain knowledge or experience should be held back until uh, um, additional soul development would make it better for that material to be successively integrated, then the soul will suppress that information. Just as our subconscious minds can hide things from us, our conscious selves, so can our soul, for its own growth, hide information from you until it, the soul, is ready to integrate this information in the best possible way. So now let me tell you how I came to realize that I had an ET heritage and how I came to recognize the differences between ET heritage people, heritage people and angel heritage people because you may be more than you think. I'd always thought of myself as an average person, more or less. Oh, I knew there were some things a little different about me, but I figured that my difficult childhood contributed to my intensity of nature and seriousness. As a child, I felt very much like an old person. I seemed to be able to understand things beyond my years. I could understand other people's problems, even though they might be quite different than my own. Older friends would seek my advice on relationships or life choices, even when I was 10 or 12 years old. Although I recall little of my childhood having suppressed much of it, I do recall an overall feeling of being very old inside. I sometimes felt like I was just waiting for time to pass so that my body would grow and I could begin to do my job. At the age of 13, feeling very lonely and helpless, wondering if I could hang on for another five years, One day, during one of my many solitary walks, I heard a voice outside myself say, You have a job to do, and it has to do with how the universe works. That was outside my head, that voice. Then inside my head, other messages began to come forth. I was told that the first thing I needed to do was, in essence, to get myself together emotionally. Since then, I've been led to do new tasks, and take on new jobs always with an intuitive always coming to me from an intuitive message that is so strong that i know it must be heeded that first message set me on my path and i found many surprises along the way once in a workshop in Dayton ohio i met another speaker with whom i immediately identified we both felt a rapport as if our energies had connected during my speech i felt an pouring of universal energy come into my body and flow out into the audience. I recognized now that this other person's energy had been a catalyst to my own solar plexus, chakra, and it had finally opened up all the way. Not only that, this new friend was on my path for another reason. Through her, I learned about hypnotherapy, and I knew that immediately this was something that I should do. So three days later, I enrolled in my first hypnotherapy class which led to much of my current knowledge and to my decision back then to pursue a master's degree in clinical social work so that I might share my work with a broader audience. But aside from the personal path, this turn of events led me to an even more profound change and a level of growth that I would never have dreamed of possible. During one of my advanced hypnotherapy courses, we were learning the technique of doing past life regressions. I had never considered doing a past life regression myself, even though I'd been teaching spiritual classes for about eight years. My reasoning was that I didn't have any unexplained problems that would lead me to believe that a traumatic past life needed to be cleared up. Besides, I hadn't hadn't found anyone who I felt I could trust to do it, even though I knew of a psychologist who did past life regressions. Nonetheless, at this point, wanted or not, I was getting a past life regression as we students always practice on one another. Six weeks before the day of my regression, I began to experience intense anxiety about whenever I thought about the upcoming event. I was inexplicably tense, literally shaking in my boots. Not only that, I began to have a feeling of dread and a recurrence of childhood nightmares where lights filled the sky, I knew that there were UFOs that had come to get me, among other people who were huddled behind large rocks in a field. My biggest fear was that I would be leaving my family behind, abandoning them, and therefore being alone. Shortly before the weekend of the past life regression, we did another hypnotherapy session where the te- technique was to deal with the biggest fear in your life. At that time, I wasn't thinking about the UFO dream, but I was shocked and terrified to go into a hypnotic vision right then and there of seeing a spaceship and a little man coming out and walking toward me. I was so fearful that my partner in this exercise had had to incorporate several safety techniques to allow me to feel comfortable enough to talk to this little man. For instance, we put him behind plexiglass and kept him at a distance. This little alien told me that I had a job to do, which was a familiar phrase and that even though I was afraid, I should not worry because I had previously agreed to do this job in full knowledge of what it it entailed. I had made a commitment and had agreed to to a sacrifice that I was just now beginning to recognize, and then he left. Immediately within my body, there was a deep relaxation, a sigh of relief. If I had made a promise, fine, I would keep it. I knew instinctively that this would have some later connection to the past life regression, but now I was resigned to it. My extreme sense of commitment to keeping promises was a lifelong value. I also intuitively knew that this commitment would lead me to a positive place, no matter how scary it might be to get there. Too soon the weekend of the regression came, and with it the return of my fears. Yes, I would go through with it, but not happily. That Friday evening, as I arrived in Dayton, I was a nervous wreck. The next morning, we were going to do the technique. That night, as I was lying in my bed in my hotel room studying, I was suddenly overcome by the feeling of a presence trying to reach me. I knew that in a moment's time, I could be channeling this presence and finding out what it wanted, but I felt very anxious about making the contact. Some intuition told me that it had to do with the regression, and I wanted to wait and deal with that when I had my fellow students as protection but the presence was so intense and so distracting that I finally thought, okay, let me just get in a little bit and see what I can drain off of this excess energy and then maybe I can get back to work. No sooner had I had that thought when I was overcome by a vision of being in a forest, only I wasn't seeing this vision, I was in it. I was looking up at the sky. Just ahead at the treetop level was a large white light. It was a UFO but it was going, not coming. I was overcome with grief. I was sobbing, crying baskets of tears, reaching out in pitiful desperation. They're leaving me. They're leaving me behind. My people, my people, they're leaving me behind. I cried over and over again, sobbing into my pillow so as not to wake my neighbors. About this time, some fragment of my conscious mind was grasping the meaning of these words and I began to envision and to feel the physical presence of an E.T. around me. He was similar to the Gumby types of E.T.'s depicted in some books. Long, thin body, tendril-like fingers, and an egg-shaped head. But he had wonderful, loving, dark eyes. And he was just in front of me and to my left. He was saying to me, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. I never wanted to leave you. We tried to wait for you, but we couldn't wait any longer. Evidently, if an ET lingers too long in Earth's dense vibrations, their own vibrations can decrease as well, and they can become held by Earth's magnetic field. You knew this was a possibility, he continued, when you accepted this task. To see the Earth, I got the impression. And that was millions of years ago, at the dawn of life, so you can imagine how shocking that was to hear. You agreed to take this task, he reminded me, and you agreed to the risk. But I always loved you, I didn't leave you on purpose, and I've missed you so much." Then he began to touch my face, my arms, my hands, and to caress me as a loved one would. He told me that he was my father, and it was he who had visited me in the past hypnotic session. He said that the time had come for me to realize who and what I was and to reclaim my heritage. Well, forget it. That's what I thought. No way did I want to be an E.T. I'd worked very hard in my life to remain, to maintain an image of normalcy as I went about my metaphysical work. My traditional image led credibility to my work, as did my research and writing, and I didn't want to spoil my image by claiming such a way out idea. But the trance had been so immediate, so strong, so real, and so undeniable that I had no choice but to entertain the possibility that it might be true. The next day, I revisited the scene and went through a somewhat less traumatic version of it in my hypnotic session with my group. Luckily, too, for the rest of the group, Frederick, which is not his real name, but he told me that I could call him that, said that if I would allow it, he could become part of my aura and be with me from that moment on to guide me and help me. I agreed, sort of and then he began to hang around in my aura, about the level of my right shoulder. I felt kind of com- it felt kind of comforting to have him there, and I did really enjoy it. So about a year later, I came to fully accept him, and he began to then reside in me and become truly a part of me, and I began to feel him in my heart. This final merging took place in a semi-dream state as I was a falling asleep one night, I had done a healing technique on a client that day and had been led to circulate her chakra energies. I mention this because she too began to experience the process that that I am about to describe, but for her, we we had yet to find the reason unless it was just having been so closely connected through our chakras and she just picked up on my energies. At any rate, pretty much out of the blue, I began to experience a movement of energy within my chakras starting at the base of the mind. Base of my spine, sorry. I guess you might call it a kundalini, kundalini rising effect. I felt a vibration in each chakra and turn, starting with the first chakra and going through my seventh chakra, with a continuing rising of the energies from each chakra below as the process continued. I had done chakra exercises previously and felt the move of Kundalini energy before, but this was happening without my even having to focus my attention on the areas. The effect was so strong this time that it woke me up. As the energy flowed upward, it would stop for a few minutes at each chakra. I felt this process was a sense of integration or finally having full chakra energy available between all of my chakras. I knew instinctively that this experience would lead to positive results, but what results I had no clue. As the final crown chakra was integrated, I felt Frederick move from my aura into my body, first overlaying me and then settling down into my heart. I felt totally at peace with this move and accepted him totally. At that moment, I realized that I had accepted and integrated a previously separated part of my soul. Now my soul was whole. So what are the differences between people who have an ET heritage and those who have an angel heritage? Angels, to me, are people who seem to have had less time previously on the earth plane. They often report a feeling of not feeling right in their own skin, like having a body that is too dense for them, and they feel weighed down by their body. They also have trouble adjusting to the drama and difficulties of everyday life, and many times they feel a desire, desire to return home, even though they're not suicidal. Angels have a certain softness of personality and soul, they feel a sense of purpose, and may be here to just help people with the transition period, but they do not particularly like it here. However, they are full of love and light and care a great deal about humanity, so they are committed to their path. Often but not always, they have lighter hair, eyes, and skin. They are usually more spiritual than scientific in their approach, and they often speak softly and have a loving, angelic personality style. ETs, on the other hand, are to me cosmological scientists. They are more interested in the scientific aspects of consciousness, life, and the workings of the universe. They may be scientists or inventors and often gravitate to energy work or energy healing. They are likely to be ET contactees as well, which I was in my past childhood. ETs often have less softness in their approach, but they are very intelligent and concerned for humanity, as are angels. They make good teachers and often have a background in advanced esoteric topics. Well, are you an ET or an angel, or perhaps both? As I have come to accept my heritage, I realized that not only had I dealt with my biggest fear, but that fear was what I had actually wanted all along some sort of cosmic joke perhaps. I came to realize that I really had no reason to fear it. This understanding alone was worth the price of my hypnotherapy course. It also pointed out a universal truth. There is nothing to fear, but fear itself. What energy I had wasted on unwarranted fear throughout all those years. After learning of my space relations, I began piecing together some fragments of memories from the past that that then began to make sense. A UFO sighting with my sister when I was very young, a strange obsession with UFO books as a teen, anxiety during UFO movies along with a strange compulsion to watch them, mysterious nosebleeds, and of course the nightmares or dreams, not always nightmares. If you saw the movie Close Encounters of the Third Kind and felt an affinity with it, you too may be in for a surprise someday. It appears that UFOs have come to Earth many times to help us Earthlings, and I use that term loosely for some of us, to fulfill our destinies. We cannot forget the fact that what happens here on Earth affects other planets and other beings in the universe as well. It is important to the vast universal family that each and every member transforms and grows spiritually. Each turn of the spiral allows others, both above and below, to transform as well. Knowing this, is it not likely that those of us who have some ancient ties with these universal brothers would be the ones whose job it is to finish what was started so long ago and to assure humanity evolves to the next level. As a possible ET, you too may have certain signs that you will be awakening to that will help you accept your heritage and your job. So ET's phone home. Do you have a heritage as an ET? Here are the 10 most common indicators of an ET experience, taken from the book Encounters by psychologist and hypnotherapist Edith Fiore, Ph.D. If you have had an ET encounter and recognize any of these symptoms, chances are that you may have an ET heritage as well. Missing time. Nightmares and or dreams about UFOs or aliens. Sleep disorders. Waking up with unusual body sensations, unexplained marks on the body, feeling watched, monitored, or communicated with, repeated UFO sightings, vague recollections of encounters, unexplained healing, fear or anxiety about UFOs or ETs. Even though I now believe that my ET heritage is possibly very real, it does not significantly cover my life. If anything, it has reduced my UFO curiosity. I still feel that my job is to be a voice of reason in the metaphysical field. I accept and value my ET heritage, For with its acceptance have come many new spiritual gifts, including my ever blossoming healing powers. Some of my most advanced healing work is assisted by my ET helpers. I think that perhaps we all have at some distant time had exoplanetary extrater- lives. The objective appears to broaden our experiences, to make us better prepared for our future tasks, and to facilitate the final emergence of our souls. But perhaps instead of an ET, are you an angel? Now that you may be more accepting of the thought of ETs, what about those angels? We've all seen an influx of angel books and pens, angel calendars, and angel ornaments over the past 20 years. What's this all about? As I mentioned earlier, I think this may be a result of an awakening to yet another heritage, our angelic soul fragments. Some of us may, it seems, at one time have been angels. Some define angels as those who have never incarnated incarnated into a human life. That had always been my definition before, but others define angels more broadly. Solera, in her 1989 book, The Starborn, described all who were acting as anchors for the light or new energy or higher vibration as angels. She stated that we who are working to bring about planetary initiation or transformation are actually transforming ourselves into angels. We are experiencing a restructuring of our DNA attributed to the effects of the higher frequencies of the new energies within our bodies. Now, until a while ago, such an idea would have seemed far-fetched to me. But when, when I read this, I recalled that several years prior, a member of my own meditation group, who also channeled, had predicted a restructuring of our DNA as part of the channel changes that we were about to encounter within our group. Truthfully, at the time, I took this message with a rather large grain of salt. But when things appear in groups, I began to listen. Not long after, I read In Bringers of the Dawn by Barbara Marciniak the channeled message that the world would be, and in, would indeed be experiencing an evolution of our DNA as humans. This evolution would bring memories flooding back into our consciousness. Certain DNA codes would be triggered to bring to the forefront, full realization consciously of our soul's heritage. So I found it to be no coincidence that I had shortly after my ET regression come come across this Marciniac book. The signs were there for me, and you must likewise decide for yourself using the common sense lesson of discernment whether you feel that you may have an angelic heritage or an ET heritage or perhaps some of both. If you're drawn to books such as The Starborn and books like my book Planetary Initiation that describe the transformation process and the initiation process, you may be being guided to realize your heritage and to begin to wake up to who you really are. So here are the angel signs, as mentioned in the Starborn by Solera. tiredness, strange cravings or changes in eating habits, often toward lighter, more healthier foods, ringing in the ears, often goes along with the Kundalini, and sometimes is perhaps someone trying to get through to you, a healing, a feeling, excuse me, of higher vibratory rates, such as a nervous feeling, anxiety, or a jazz feeling. Sometimes, possible shortness of breath or erratic heartbeat. These are the signs that Solara describes as angelic signs. Whether you are an ET or an angel, however, or perhaps you have a heritage of both, as some people do, many of us apparently are here for a purpose. We are transformers, pioneers of a new way of being that will bring about planetary initiation. If you feel a kinship with the messages I've just shared, I welcome you to the spiritual fast lane. Your challenge now is mine is to wake up to the call, to accept it, and to consciously go about fulfilling your part in the unfolding of this new spiritual era. Embracing your soul's mission with full understanding and commitment, you can join the others who are heralding in this coming new age. If you'd like a handout with more information about the East T and Angel signs and heritage, I'll be happy to send it to you. I know the information in this podcast may be a bit far out for you, but I do believe that it's important to reflect on the possibilities that it represents. Things are evolving very quickly these days, both scientifically and spiritually. The ideas of ETs or aliens and UFOs have become generally accepted within the population, and there is a belief among many, myself included, that disclosure is not far off. And spiritually speaking, we are realizing more and more that there's a lot of additional stuff out there that we don't know about. Our horizons are expanding as our energies increase, and we need to be open to the widening of our perspectives to at least entertain the idea that we are souls, and as such, there is much more to us than we are experiencing in this current life. Now that we have covered in my previous podcast the basics and fundamentals of the self-transformation process and the challenges and responsibilities associated with that, in this podcast, as in future ones, I am now free to focus more on some of the tangential and often esoteric information that is also a part of our spiritual landscape. I hope that this information will further provide you with the knowledge and the guidance that is beneficial to you in your daily life and in your spiritual growth. So if you have not listened to the previous podcasts in order, I encourage you to do so because I structured them to build upon one another so as to unfold the spiritual growth information and spiritual growth process assistance as logically as possible. So for now, that's it for today's podcast. Thanks so much for listening. As always, feel free to contact with me with questions or comments or for resources. And remember, I'm available for spiritual path coaching or for group training for therapists, and coaches. So to everyone who listened today, thanks again. I wish you all the best, and I wish you always blessings on your path.